0: It is good to see you this morning. Isn't it good to be in church? And it is good to have those who are online joining us. We thank you also. the The story is told about a Roman Catholic nun who ran out of gas. She uh, she caught a ride to a nearby gas station and. She walked in to the attendant. She said, Do you have a gas can that I can borrow or buy uh, to, to put gas in my car to come and fill it up? And he so he would look through the storage shed, and what he came back wa- with was a bedpan. <laughs> he said, This is all I got. He said, But we can put gas in it, and, and really the way that it's shaped, you ought to be able to pour it into your gas. Uh, tank pretty easily. Just be careful you know getting back to your car you don't spill it. So she caught it right back to her car she's now carefully pouring the gasoline into the gas tank. Well this pickup slows and he pulls up next to her. And he rolls down the window and he said sister what are you doing? She said I'm trying to get my car started. I'm out of gas. And he said Now, that's what I call faith. (laughs) And so she said to him, she said, just wait a minute, because she realized what he thought. She said, just wait a minute, let me finish, and let's see what God can do with this. (laughs) As followers of Jesus Christ, few, if any of us, are qualified. We're not qualified. We're not qualified to be kingdom builders, to do the work of Christ. We're uh, we are simply vessels, like a bedpan. But it's not the vessel that matters. It's what's in the vessel. It's what's in the vessel. And those outside the church, they wonder in amazement, how do they get anything done? Do you know these people? Do you know they're pastors? But they don't know what's inside the vessel. They don't know what's inside the vessel. And, and, the, and the problem is that we even doubt ourselves. Because instead of looking at the power that is ours to fill us, we look at who we are. In this passage, Paul reminds us that there is an equipping of the saints, a process of finding our place, an anointing and gifting that prepares us for the work that is ours in building the kingdom of God. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our Redeemer. May these words be your words, and for every word that I don't speak, that you would have me speak. Fill in the gaps, O God, that your word would be spoken today into our hearts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to begin by looking at verse 1. It wasn't read for you, but it is the thesis, really, of what Paul is trying to do in outlining the the work and the equipping of the church. He says, to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. You know, we often misunderstand what Paul is saying here because we look at the word call and we think of a job. We think of a place that we're going to serve. But the Greek word klesis, which the root is kaleo, which literally means to call, But Paul uses this word every time in his letters, not to describe a job or a place of service, but rather the salvation of Jesus Christ. We are called to the salvation of Jesus Christ. And with this in mind, it is no surprise that Paul then goes on to describe the behavior of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. He says, we are to act with humility, gentleness, patience, holding each other in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. These are the qualities that mark our existence as followers of Jesus Christ and kingdom builders. These are the qualities that are. Families, our churches, our communities, and our nation, especially in these days, need for us to model. Our culture needs the church now more probably than it has ever needed the church before. And I believe that God is calling us to that salvation that leads us to model what our communities need. Humility, gentleness, patience, love, unity, and the bond of peace. We are the peacemakers. We are the gentle workers in every situation. We are those who hold each other in love. We are the change makers in a world full of hate and conflict. We are the church. Now, Paul knows that as human beings that we have frailties and temptations. And so in verse 11, which was the first verse that Cindy read for you, he says this, that we each are given gifts, uh, which were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. These are the leaders under which we put ourselves to grow and learn. It said there's an ordering to the church. And the purpose then is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the, of the body of Christ. The Greek word katechismon, translated to equip, is literally to bring to a point of fitness. To bring to a point of fitness. The, the word that the way Paul uses it is the way that we would use the word coach. we would use the word coach. Um, in, in, in other words, we are called to be coached and to be coaches. Now, the word ocodomin, uh, translated building up, is used to impl- imply. To instruct or make open for the way of God. That's what we're about in the church. To coach and to be coached. To coach and to be coached. Who's your coach? Who are you coaching? Who are you equipping? The early church faced temptations and challenges. The Romans were threatened by this growing... uh, (laughs) phenomenon uh, around the Mediterranean, and so they were arresting and persecuting Christians. The Jews were threatened by the Christians because it was, in a lot of places, Jews that were becoming Christians, and so they tried to separate and criticize and and, and to demean the Christian movement. And then there was the temptation of the pagan rituals, a temptation to return for the Gentiles to their old ways of self-indulgence. These early Christians needed mentors. They needed coaches. They needed those who would hold them accountable and hold them close. And as I, as I kind of went through that, I, I thought about where we are today the temptations and the challenges that we face. We need each other, we need the church. We belong together. We belong together in Christ so that we can support each other help each other learn help each other grow now here's the goal verse 13 until all of us come to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the son of god to maturity to the measure of the full stature of christ Hmm. the greek word teleon translated maturity comes from the greek word telios which typically is used to describe this. Listen. Going through the necessary stages to reach the end goal. The end goal? The future. The full stature of Christ. We never fully achieve that. It is a process. A growth process. In verse 16 he says. As each is working properly. It promotes the body's growth. And building itself up in love. In other words. healthy church when it's working properly is continuing to love more and more and more and here's something else that's interesting about this passage the greek word energia which is translated working okay when each part is working properly it's where we get our english word energy when each part is energetic. The literal translation is power in action or divine energy. Paul typically uses this word to divide or to to describe God's energy that is within us. In other words, we are not alone. We may be that (laughs) crazy vessel But it is God's energy, it is God's presence that is within us that equips us to work with, for, and through each other. When we put all this together, here's kind of the way I paraphrase uh, chapter four. Paul is saying, we are saved for a purpose. We are saved for a purpose. We are the presence of God through Jesus Christ in this world to bring love, gentleness, unity, and peace. And in order to make this possible, God has provided the church as a place to grow step by step to the full stature of Christ. We were not meant to be alone in this, but rather under direction and coaching through the divine supernatural energy of the Holy Spirit to move forward that's who we are that's who we are you know as i have studied the scriptures and i'm not going to tell you how long it's been a long time um and look at this passage in First Corinthians thirteen, and Romans, First uh, uh, Corinthians twelve, and Romans twelve, and other passages where Paul talks about how we are equipped, how the church is to, uh, is to be organized, and 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 what is this growth process? I've kind of come up with a with a, a process of my own, and I want to share that with you. That number one, we are God dependent. We are God dependent. That everything we do begins in prayer when we pray first we're spirit directed instead of ego directed and so let us pray that God will lead us to the place where we can grow the best second servant heart to search within your heart those places where God is giving you the desire to be a servant because spiritual growth is never about personal accomplishment or achievement. It's about what God is doing. And faithful servants understand that it's success is connected to what God is doing, not what we're doing. The moment we take credit for what God is doing, be careful. Amen? Yeah. Been there? I got scars. That's why you'll never see me without a shirt. (laughs) Number three, recognition of gifts. And this is the hardest part because we as human beings tend to kind of lean on our own abilities. But sometimes God calls us, as God called that nun, into places where it doesn't exactly fit. You know? But God provides the gifts. God provides the abilities. And and so, in that recognition of gifts, is to to see what God is doing within our heart to give us the ability to do what God is calling us to do. Fourth, expect success. Expect success. In, In Revelation, John refers to a church in Philadelphia, and it's it's recognized for its works despite its lack of strength and resources. Philadelphia was the poorest of, of the churches there around the Mediterranean, the least educated. And yet, John lifts them up as an example. He says, I am opening a door to you that no one can shut. And so, as our actions are aligned with God's purpose, we can expect success, because it's not about us. It's about what God is doing. And with God, we cannot lose. I don't care what CNN, MSNBC, Fox, ABC, whoever, I don't care what they say. We cannot lose. Jesus told the disciples in in chapter 10 of Mark, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. The battle's been won. We're just in the final stages of cleanup here. We are the victors through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you have faith, sow as a mustard seed. We will realize our expectations. Now, Jesus is not referring to, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can have a Lexus as your next car. No, that's not what he's talking about. Jesus is talking about, if you have faith as a mustard seed, we can do the work of God. We can do the work of, that's what he was pushing his disciples, not to get what they wanted, but to get what God was calling them to do. Fifth, evaluate the process. In in my experience, this is where I sometimes, oftentimes fail. Um, Evaluating, you know, have I in the last year improved in my faith? Have Have I made progress? Has my humility grown, my gentleness, my patience, my love for others? it's it's not a matter of, well, I don't want to look back, I want to always look forward. We look back in order to see where we need to go in the future, to make sure that we are growing in Christ, to see those places of vulnerability, and to continue to work, to move forward, to grow, to keep our coach around us and to coach those to whom God has called us. And then never give up on God, yourself, and others. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. The Spirit of God shall not be defeated. It shall be victorious. And we can lean upon that affirmation. For we are the church we belong together. We belong together. In, in closing, I want to share with you kind of a um, little quick story. I agreed this weekend uh, to do two weddings at opposite ends of, the, of DFW. It was not smart, okay? And when I realized I'd done it, I thought, oh, my goodness, how am I going to do uh, weddings and rehearsals in Granbury and Rockwall. And, and without asking, the, the wedding parties, I found out that they'd actually scheduled in such a way that I could do it. But I'm sitting there just going, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to drive. I'm gonna, you know, God, why did you let this happen? <laughs> you know, don't you see my schedule and how I can mess up? Why'd you put me in a situation like this? Last night I was reflecting on these weddings and I, um, they were old friends, um, who've actually been following us online. A couple of them, uh, one of the, one of the mother and dads of the bride, um, lives pretty close to here and we had some long conversations and, um. I realized that what God had done would put me in a place where my soul could be blessed. Those two weddings were two of the best weddings I've ever done. We had fun, we laughed, we cried. It was just, it was incredible. I thought, this is why God didn't save me from this. God was blessing me. God was blessing me. God was equipping me without my even knowing it filling my soul this morning and i did i in my prayers last night i said well thank you god that you're smarter than me (laughs) you know oh duh Um, this morning i was driving to church i was reflecting on a conversation that i had with the mother of the bride of the wedding i did last night and 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 she shared with me she said you know you probably don't remember this, but we had a conversation like 20 years ago. And she said, I was in a bad place. And um, she said, I was reminded of that conversation tonight. And I just want to say thank you for marrying my daughter. And I said to her, wait, 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 you know. I perform this ceremony, I am the vessel. That's why when I, uh, I don't pronounce, I announce, I announce that they're husband and wife together. It's not about me, it's about what God is doing. And, and she said to me, that's the conversation we had 20 years ago. And I kinda looked at her and she said, you don't remember, I said, I, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> says, I was in a bad place. And I was really wondering, you know, how could God use me? And and, I, and, and you said to me, you said, Trevelyn is not about you. It's about what God is doing. <sighs> it's about what God is doing through you. And I said, the weaker we are, the stronger God gets. The stronger God gets. I told her, I said, I'm not able on my own to be a pastor. The moment I think I have the knowledge, experience, and wisdom to be a pastor and to run a church is the first step toward disaster. And and I said to her, I said, I get up in the morning and I pray, Lord, I cannot do this without you. I cannot do this without you. You must be my strength, you must be my wisdom, you must be my experience. And, And I said to her, I said, you know, I'm constantly looking for mentors. And I said, it sounds like you and your husband are in a good place right now, but just make sure wherever you are in your faith journey, and they're very active. And I said, make sure you've got that place to grow. And, of course, she said, well, you told me that 20 years ago. (laughs) It's only by the grace of God our faith in Jesus Christ And the work of the Holy Spirit that we can do anything. So I want you to stop and let your mind clear. What person is God now bringing to mind to be your coach? What person is God bringing to mind that needs your support? In what ways can we grow to the full stature of Jesus Christ our Lord? Amen.